Welcome to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Hey folks, welcome to Mutual Presents, and I'm Jack Ward, and we're just taking the elevator up the Mutual Audio Network building to where we keep the archives. We're back this week with Mutual Presents and another hilarious double feature of The Adventures of Maisie with The Room Clerk and Outmoded Laws. Enjoy! And Southern. But first, your announcer. I'm Maisie, like the man said. Maisie Revere from Brooklyn. I've been around a lot, and believe me, I face more of life than Portia. But I'm just one of the forgotten people in this world, like Whistler's father. <laughs> By profession, I'm in show business, but right now I'm not working very much at it. Funny, though, when you're broke, there's only three times when you're really minded. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, yes, and when your hotel bill is due, which incidentally is today. I owe a month's bill on the tiny little room I took. Room looks more like a tea bag with walls. But I do owe the rent, and the hotel manager, Mr. Walters, is getting just a little impatient with me. I can tell that by the way he keeps changing the lock on my door. Also, I'm getting tired of climbing into my room through the transom, so... Well, there's only one way out of this mess, and I'm taking it. Hey, good evening, Miss Revere. Oh, oh, good evening, Mr. Walters. I, I, I was just going for a little walk. Yeah, how nice. <laughs> Do you always walk down the fire escape, Miss Revere? Oh, is this the fire escape? Oh, didn't you know? No, no, I, I thought this was the staircase to the lobby. You see, I know the janitor always washes the staircase at night, and I... Figured this is where he puts it out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a natural mistake, Miss Revere. Is it? I, I mean, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, Miss Revere. So you were just going for a casual stroll. Yeah, it, it's such a nice night. And you decided to take your suitcase with you. 
Um, yes. In, in case it suddenly gets cold, I might want to change into something warmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you, you know how it is, Mr. Walters. Yes, I know exactly how it is, Miss Revere. Mm -hmm. I hate to bring this up at two o'clock in the morning out here on the fire escape, but you've been a guest at our little hostelry for four weeks now, and you owe us a matter of $96. Well, um... That, you must agree, is a lot of money. Well, on the contrary, Mr. Walters, I think for four weeks it is very reasonable. You do? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> and now, Miss Revere, I feel silly about asking this, but when do you intend paying your bill? Uh, well, Mr. Walters, the reason I haven't paid... I don't is... believe that lie. How do you know you don't believe it? You haven't even heard the lie yet. I mean... Hey, come um... with me, Miss Revere. Uh, uh, well, uh, where are you taking me, Mr. Walters? Back into the hotel to work out your bill. Oh, oh, not as an elevator operator, I hope. I can't stand height. I even get dizzy when I lick an airmail stamp. I'll get the money for you, Mr. Walters. My agent is looking around like crazy. Hey, Miss Revere, you're going to work out your debt to our hotel as room clerk. Night room clerk. Oh, but I can't, Mr. Walters. I like to sleep nights. I can't sleep days. It's too light. Hey, well, close your eyes and it'll be dark. Oh. Night room clerk you are and night room clerk you'll be until you wipe out your debt to but our I, hotel. I, I have no experience as a room clerk. Well, it's quite simple, Miss Revere. All you have to do is say no to everything. Oh. You certainly know how to do that. I should. I've been doing that since the first time I put on high heels. Oh, pardon me, Miss Revere. Hello, Hotel Mercury. Mr. Walters, the night manager, speaking. Who? Oh, heavens to Betsy. Oh, yes. Yes, Your Highness. Oh, of course, Your Majesty. The very best, Your Highness. Who was that? His Royal Highness, Baron Krabotchnik of Georgia. Hey, bellboy, front, hey, post haste, post haste. Kibotchnik? That don't sound like no southern name. Hey, Miss Revere, the Baron comes from Georgia, one of the countries in the Balkans. It's part of Russia. Naturally. Yes, Mr. Wallace, you rang? Oh, howdy, Miss Revere. Hi, Jimmy. How's Tips been lately? Eh. Uh, well, there'll be much more, Jimmy, when Baron Krabotchnik gets here. Oh, just to think that soon we'll have honest-to-goodness royalty staying at our humble little inn. I'm so thrilled I could just swoon. Oh, Baron Krabotchnik, huh? Say, I've been reading about that guy. He's got more money than Jack Benny says he hasn't. Yeah, I recall reading the name in the newspapers. He's the fellow that just married that American showgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please, mm -hmm. this is no time for idle chatter. Oh. Hey, Jimmy, yeah. I want you to see that the housekeeper has the royal bridal suite ready for the baron and baroness. Uh, the royal bridal suite? Yeah, the one with the window. I wonder why he wants to stay... Oh, say, maybe the Baron's one of those jerks what don't like no publicity. Uh, exactly, <laughs> Jimmy. He expressly mentioned that that's the reason for staying here. He just can't stand newspapers. Then it's a good thing he ain't going to be in my room. That's what the walls are papered with. Uh, well, uh, Miss Revere, I must rush downtown and tell Mr. Covey, the owner of the hotel, the glad tidings, that we're having a royal bride and groom here. Oh, and Miss Revere. Yes? If the royal honeymooners arrive while I'm gone, <laughs> just show them right up to the bridal suite. All right. They're traveling incognito and probably... Probably won't give their right name. Oh, yes. Say, Miss Revere, did I hear right? Mm -hmm. You the room clerk now? Yeah, Jimmy. I'm working my way through a hotel bill. Oh. oh. Well, you better go tell the housekeeper to air out the royal bridal suite for the Baron and Mrs. Baron. Oh, sure, Miss Revere, I'll do it. Say, a man and woman just come in. They look awfully happy. Hmm. Probably never stopped at this hotel before. Well, I'd better get my sneer ready. Got to look real hotel clerky, you know. See you later, Jimmy. Uh-huh. There's the desk over there, Liebchen. Come on, do not be afraid. Oh, I'm just tired, darling. We've been all over town looking for a room. 
Gosh, this is an awful way to spend your honeymoon night. Wandering around town. Oh, no, do not try, my <laughs> little wife. I have a feeling that at this hotel a room they will have. Oh, golly, they've just got to give us a room here. They've just got to. I just couldn't spend my honeymoon night alone in my room at the... Why? Nana Liebchen, you'll never be alone anymore. Remember, now you are Mrs. Johann Schmidt. It's now John Smith, honey, not Johann Schmidt. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, I keep forgetting. <laughs> I'm now a real American with a real American name. You were very wise, insisting that I change it legally, my darling. Well, that'll make it easier for you to get a job, darling. Uh-huh. Now that we were married, who can tell? Pretty soon we may have a... <laughs> to support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We must get a room. And we will. We owe it to our little one. Clark? Clark? Okay, okay, sonny. You don't have to yell. I just ducked under the desk for a moment to fix my garter. Oh, I didn't see you. You were not supposed to. Now, what can I do for you? We would like a room. You see, we... <laughs> oh, honeymooners. Yeah, yeah. And we would like a place to stay for the night. It is very important. Well, I'm sorry, folks, but the hotel is filled up and... Filled? Well, I'm, I'm sorry, folks, but you know how it is. No, we do not know how it is. We've just been married. Oh. I mean, uh, Miss, I, I demand that you accommodate us. You demand? Yes, we demand. Yeah, yeah, we, we demand the bridal suite. Oh, darling, the bridal suite? But that's so expensive. Bah, money. What is money? Well, frankly, I wouldn't know. I ain't come across any in a long time. <gasps> Say, you must be him. Him? No, I'm not him. I must. I mean, me. Now, do we get the bridal suite? Oh, yes, your highness. Highness? Well, miss, you're making some mistake. My name is... John Smith. Yeah, John Smith. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. John Smith, naturally. Sign here, your royal... Miss. Oh, yeah, your royal uh, <clears throat> Smithness. <laughs> miss, what I wanted to say is that John Smith is not my real name. Of course not. It never is. Miss, I don't know who it is that you think we are, but whoever you think we are... Darling, I'm so sleepy. We are. Sure, sure, don't worry. Nobody will ever know, Your Highness. If you say you're Mr. and Mrs. John Smith, well, then you're Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. Right? Right. Right. Well, here's the pen and here's the register. What do I do now? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Front. Uh, yes, what is it, Miss Weaver? They're here, Jimmy. The couple Mr. Walters was expecting. Uh, yeah. D- Jimmy. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, show John Smith and Minnie Haha here to the bridal suite. Oh, yes, sure. Uh, this way, folks. I mean, you're royal, folks. Thank you. Come, darling. Uh, good night, Miss. Thank you, and, uh... We would not like to be disturbed. Oh, don't worry. In case there's a fire, we'll put it out nice and quietly with soft water. <laughs> good evening. I mean, good morning. Hotel Mercury. Oh, well, let me talk to Maisie Revere, honey. This is Maisie Revere. With whom have I got the pleasure? This is Hyman, your agent. 
Well, well. So it's nothing doing today. Don't call us. We'll call you Herman. Well, I'm calling you now, honey. You open tomorrow night at the Rialto Theater. A booking? A real honest-to-goodness booking? You mean it, Herman? Maisie, you ever know me to tell a lie? Answer the question, Herman. Yeah, it's all set. If you click on this one, baby, well, I ain't promising nothing, you mind you, but uh, it might mean the palace. The palace? In New York? No, Boise, Idaho. Oh. Say, Herman, how much am I getting? Well, baby, things are pretty tough, you know. You'll have to take a little less than you usually get. I didn't think there was anything less than that. Well, okay, Herm, I'll be there. I still got my costume and my suitcase all cleaned and ready for just in case. Okay, baby. And knock him dead. Well, Miss Revere, I told the boss the good news. Oh, and you should have seen his face when he found out that Baron and Baroness Krabotchnik are going to honeymoon at his hotel. Not a going to, Mr. Walters. Ah. Ah? Mm-hmm. They've just gone up to the bridal suite. Oh, gee, they're a cute couple. Well, cute is hardly the word for it. The Baroness is supposed to be the most striking blonde in this country. Yeah, the way she giggles every time she... Uh, uh, blonde? Yes, practically platinum. Yeah, Miss Revere, didn't you... Well, the one I sent up was a brunette. A brunette? Well, in this morning's paper, she was a decided blonde. Well, I guess in the evening she decided on another color. Oh, perhaps. Uh, women are that way sometimes. Yeah. Because I couldn't understand what she ever saw in a little shrimp like the Baron. Well, you never can tell <laughs> shrimp. The Baron is six feet five. <laughs> well, some shrimps are taller than others. Oh, no. No, um, you didn't. It can't be. Well, I'm, I'm afraid it can. But, but gosh, they acted a little like they were the real Baron and Mrs. Baron. His accent, his demanding manner. Gee, I'm... Sorry, Mr. Walters. You'll be quite a whole lot more sorry, Miss Revere. That bridal suite is reserved for the real Baron and Baroness Krabotchnik. Well, uh, Get those two imposters out of that suite, or instead of letting you work off your bill, I'll attach all your luggage. Oh, but you can't do that, Mr. Walters. My costume is in that suitcase, and I've got to open tomorrow night with my axe. Miss Revere, I'm afraid you'll have to go on without that costume. But I can't. It ain't that kind of an act. That is my final decision, Miss Revere. Oh, Mr. Walters. Throwing a pair of honeymooners out is, well, it's a dirty trick. Well, are you going to do it? Yeah, chum. As soon as I can think of a trick that's dirty enough. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. Miss there, 12th floor. Bridal suite is just down the hall. Thanks, Jimmy. Well, what's the matter, Miss Revere? Elevator ride a little too fast for you? Yeah. You barely gave me time to fasten my safety belt when we were up here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Anything else I can do for you? Yeah. Next time you come up, bring my shoes. Oh, I mean about getting that fake baron and baroness out of the bridal suite. 
You ain't got long before the real royal Krabotchniks get here, you know. Yeah, that's why I gotta work fast and nasty. See, that that singing job at the theater tomorrow night means an awful lot to you, don't it, Miss Revere? Yeah, and I just have to get those honeymoons out of that sweeter. Mr. Wallace won't let me have my costume. Well, lots of luck, Miss Revere. If you need any help evicting that couple, just holler. Well, if you hear any hollering, Jimmy, it'll be those honeymooners. <laughs> Here we are, alone in our own little bridal suite at last. <laughs> yes. Don't you want to kiss your bride, honey? Such a question. Come, Liebchen. Snuggle closer to your husband. How's this, darling? Wonderful. Oh, my little flower, do I love... What is it? The room clerk. There's a very important question I must ask you. Oh, fine. Just a minute. What a hotel this is. Well, hello, folksies. Comfortable? We will. Well, what is the important question you wanted to ask? What would you kids like for tomorrow's breakfast? Some nice three-minute eggs, perchance? No, we just want to be left alone. Yeah, good night, miss, please. Oh, all right, then. Good night. Hmm, such a question. At the time like this, food we want? Darling, I'm lonesome. Oh, thank you, Alicia. Better now. What is now? How about a nice steak? All right, all right, anything to be left alone. This is our honeymoon. We have two steaks for breakfast, but tomorrow... And without potatoes. Good night. Good night. Oh, no. She's gone for good. Yes, alone at last. <gasps> My husband. <laughs> Fine. We don't have any potatoes. You'll have to take those steaks without something else. Get out! <sighs> okay, okay. Gosh, you don't have to get sore just because we happen to run out of potatoes. Good night. Good night! Well, such temper. Good night. Liebchen, I think for good she's gone now. Thank goodness. Alone at last. Oh, come, my wife. Kiss me. What did you say, darling? He said, kiss me. Oh, this is a terrible hotel. Yeah, I don't see how anybody can stand staying here. Neither can I. Miss, we are going to get out of here. Good. Tomorrow. Good night. Well. <laughs> I said I'd like to help you get them Smiths out of there, Miss Revere, but well, this idea sounds sort of risky. I know, Jimmy, but gosh, this is an emergency. It is? Yes. Well, okay, Miss Revere, okay, if you're sure Mr. Wallace won't get wise. Well, how can he? He's down at the desk waiting for the real Baron and Baroness. 
You have the key to Mr. Walter's room, don't you? Uh, no, but I can get it from the janitor down in the basement. Good. Mr. Walter's room is right next to the bridal suite, you know. Yeah. And as soon as we get into Mr. Walter's room... We start making the racket that drives them phonies out of the bridal suite. Yeah, yeah. And we've got just a few minutes before the real Baron and his bride get here. And, Jimmy, hmm? I know you're taking a big risk, but I'll help you out when you, you get in trouble. Oh, but I never get into trouble. That's silly. Anybody that has anything to do with me always has trouble. Come on, let's get that key, Jimmy. I'm terribly sorry, Baron and Baroness Krabotnik. It was a terrible, terrible mistake about the bridal suite. I don't know what to say. Say, in my country, you would say nothing. You would be shocked. The whole thing is ridiculous. This is a honeymoon. We can't just walk the streets all night. Do not cry out your beautiful eyes, my little bleeds. We shall have a place to stay tonight. Uh, well, Your Highness, you can always sleep in the lobby. We want a room. I demand that we be given the royal bridal suite. Throw those peasants out. But I can't do that, Your Highness. This is a democracy. Then throw those Democrats out. Surely you can give the couple occupying our suite some other room to stay. But, Your Highness, every room in the hotel is occupied. Oh, just a moment, Your Highness. <laughs> a nasty little thought just came to my mind. Nasty, schmasty, all we want is that sweet. For me and my little Boblochke. Yes, Boris. <gasps> so tired. Quick, peasant, before my bride falls asleep. Do already. Yeah, I, I, I'm buzzing the bridal suite now, Your Highness. Oh, there they are now. Oh, good morning, Mr. Smith. This is the night manager. Oh, please, sir, such language. Well, uh, Mr. Smith, it seems by some mistake you were put in the bridal suite reserved for the Baron and Baroness Krabotsny. Do not be gentle with the peasants, peasant. Kindness does not work with the lower classes. Take them out and shoot them. You can't take people out in this country and just shoot them because they're poor, Boris. You can't? Uh, yes, I know, Mr. Smith, but uh, would you mind if I moved you to another room, room 1412? Yes, it's vacant. Well, thank you very much. Yes, you can go right there, and I'll meet you at 1412 with the key. It is fixed, no? Yes, the bridal suite is yours, Your Highness. You can go right up. Oh, Boris, I'm so glad. Come kiss me quick. I'll show you the way. I know the way. I have kissed women before. <laughs> The room's empty. Mr. Walters must still be down at the desk. Oh, oh please, Miss Revere, not, not so loud. We'll disturb the people next door. Well, that's the idea, Jimmy. Don't you remember? Yeah, but I keep trying to forget. Okay, now, Jimmy, start the yelling. <clears throat> okay. This is a fine thing. I come home from a hard day's no, work. No, no, louder, Jimmy. Okay. <clears throat> come on. This is a fine thing. I come home from a hard day's work at the pool room, and what do I get? No supper. Well, a bum wants supper. He wants now, wait a minute. Quiet, there's one more. He wants supper. Why don't you go out and get a job? A job, a job. I've been working on a job for three years. Yeah, what kind of a job? I don't know. I'm still working on it. Papa, don't hit Mom over the head with me again. Use the chair this time. Quiet in there, you. It's working. Boris, come back. I'm lonesome. We got him riled up, Jimmy. Keep going. Okay. A fine wife you are. Why, you ain't never washed my shirt. How could I? You're always wearing it. That's no excuse. Quiet in there, 
shouting? Who's shouting? Can a woman carry on an ordinary conversation with her own husband? Oh, shut up, Junior. Be quiet and drink your beer. Shut up. You too, Junior. Go play with the nice sticks of dynamite Mama bought you. Dynamite? A fine thing. We ain't got food in the joint, and you spend good money on toys. Well, at least it keeps them off the street. You be quiet, low-lifers. Low-lifers? Sam towed his bum out. Bum! Do you know who I am? I am the Baron Krobotsky. I don't care if... The Baron? You know who I am? No. Thank goodness. Uh-oh. Uh, look, your Baroness, I uh, can explain. I think. To the I... manager, you'll have to explain why you are keeping awake my bride and me next door. Oh. I am just fresh married on my honeymoon. Must you fight at two o'clock in the morning? Oh, but your highness, I thought... I mean, we thought... Um, well, Jimmy, say something to the Baron. Uh, oh, sure, Baron. I hope you and your wife will be very happy. Happy I will be if you two get out of here. Oh, gladly, your highness. But you're blocking the way. You wouldn't want us to jump out of the window. Would you? Say, what's all this rumpus about? Miss Revere, what are you doing here? Me? Oh, well, I thought... Um, well, um... I wanted to get rid of the Smith. And, yes, um, sir. You see, Mr. Walters, uh, uh, Weave. Yes. That is she. Uh, 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 um, any questions, Mr. Walters? Miss Revere, I'll talk to you alone. Uh, please go back to your room, Your Highness, and I promise you, you won't be disturbed anymore. And tell your bride I'm awfully sorry. Tell her you're sorry. You expect me to wake her up just for that? Good night, you... you Vladnoshkins. Vladnoshkins? What does that mean? I don't know, but we probably are. Uh, Mr. Walters, all this wasn't Jimmy's fault. He he just came in here to try to stop me. Oh, Miss Revere. Hey, never mind, Jimmy. Miss Revere, if you had bothered to check with me, you would have found out that I'd transferred the Smiths to another room. Oh, then it's all right. Oh, gosh, I was so tired I could go to sleep on a park bench. I'm glad you said that, Miss Revere. You may have to. May have to? Yes. You see, I gave your room to the Smiths. Oh, no. In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Here I am at three in the morning walking the streets in search of a nice, quiet hotel where they don't ask embarrassing questions like, can you pay for a room? Anyway, I got my suitcase and my costume back. But if I don't get some sleep, I ain't saying what kind of an act I'm going to put on tomorrow at the theater. I'm so sleepy that my act will be a novelty. It'll probably be the first time an audience has ever heard take me out to the ball game yawn. 
Oh, oh, I ain't exactly broke. I still got enough to go off to an all-night movie. Well, here it goes. Heads is the Apollo, tails the gem. It, it... Oh, it rolled right down the sewer. With my luck, wouldn't you just know something like that would happen with my last quarter? just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Lorene Tuttle, Hans Conried, Frank Nelson, Sidney Miller, Mary Stewart, Harry Bartell, and Alan Reed. Jack McCoy speaking. <laughs> Say how about a little... Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said. Maisie Revere from Brooklyn. I've done a lot of work in the theater, but I keep giving it up because I'm really interested in something steady, like eating. So I took a job as a traveling sales lady for a certain novelty company. And after three days at it, I can see why they call it a novelty company. If you sell something, it's a novelty. And when I took this job, I was supposed to be a house-to-house salesman. But they didn't tell me the houses were 20 miles apart. And I'm hungry, too. Guess I'll just leave my trusty old sample cases out here on the sidewalk and buy myself something to eat in this little hamburger joint. Mmm, gosh, those hot cakes and little sausages smell good. Yummy. Yes, miss, what can I do for you? <laughs> Thanks, I didn't think you noticed me. How much for hot cakes and sausages, my little man? I've got, well, 35 cents. Well, very reasonable. Very. The toast is free. Uh, good. Then that's for me. Oh, miss, the toast is free only if you take the breakfast. Oh, kind of thought there was a catch to it. I'll take a cup of coffee. Oh, uh, sure, miss. Oh, 
I'm sorry, miss. I spilled some of the coffee into your saucer. Oh, good. I'm a little too tired to do it by myself. Oh, do you like drinking it from a saucer, too? <laughs> well, not ordinarily, Sonny, but that's the only way I can drink it and keep an eye on my sample cases out on the sidewalk at the same time. Did you say sample cases? Uh-huh. I'm a traveling sales lady. Oh, I see. Uh, what are you selling? Nothing. You're selling nothing? Mm-hmm. Folks in this part of the country sure have a lot of sales resistance. Yeah. Here, I'll give you some more coffee. Oh, thanks. Miss, you ain't from these parts, are you? Nope. Brooklyn, New York. Oh, gosh. New York. <laughs> I heard a lot about New York. What's it really like? Like nothing you've ever seen, Mr. Um... Johnny, miss. Johnny Clark. Oh. Well, I'm Maisie Revere. Hi. Hi. Um, Johnny. Yes, Maisie? I think maybe you'd better stop pouring the coffee. The counter's starting to float. Huh? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I was just carried away, kind of. <laughs> Gosh, give me the big city anytime. There's nothing to do in these hick towns. No? No, look at this place. It's practically a cemetery with lights. Oh. Nothing to do, no place to go. And all those crazy laws. Crazy laws? Yeah. Why? What are the city fathers against here, Johnny? You name it, and they're against it. Oh. We got all kinds of crazy laws. Oh, hi, Officer Riley. Uh, whose suitcases are those out on the sidewalk? There's one of them now. Oh, <laughs> well, those things are mine, Officer. I left them out on the sidewalk while I came in for a cup of coffee. Well, you should have taken them in with you. <laughs> oh, well, that's silly. None of my suitcases drink coffee. Keeps them up at night. Oh, one of them witty type persons. Look, <laughs> Officer Riley, she has Oh, let had... me handle this, Johnny. What's wrong with leaving my stuff out in the curb? It's section 252 in the penal code of this township. That's what's wrong. That'll be five dollars, miss. Five bucks for parking my stuff on your crummy sidewalk? Maisie, please. Uh, that'll be ten dollars, miss. Ten dollars? Don't tell me I got my junk parked on both sides of the street. You just broke city ordinance number 348, whereby it's a misdemeanor by word or action to deride city property. And that sidewalk is city property. Officer, have you got rocks in your head? Uh, ordinance 529 states that insulting an officer of the law in the pursuit of his duty is punishable by a fine of $5. Well, I'll take ten bucks worth of that. Officer Riley, I've met flat feet in my time, but this is the first time I met one who was flat at both ends. Maisie, please. And if you think you can pull that stuff on me, you ought to have your brain examined by a doctor. And if he finds a brain, somebody ought to have the doctor examined. Oh, Maisie, you're only making it worse. Here's your summons, miss. Be at Judge Murdoch's court tomorrow morning at 10 with $50. Oh, this is the most ridiculous... $50? According to Ordinance 833, it's a misdemeanor to talk in an unnecessarily loud voice before 9 a.m. Good day, miss. Now, officer. Yes? I haven't got the money. Too bad, miss. You're not going to like our jail. Jail? Johnny, would they... I mean, do you think this I'm is... I'm sorry, Maisie. Anything I can do? Yeah. Ask your chef to bake me a cake with a file in it. Come in. Oh, I'm looking for Peter Rockford, the lawyer. I'm Peter Rockford, the lawyer, miss. Uh, uh, Revere. Uh, see, I, I sort of expected an older man. You're... Uh, you're young. Well, Miss, it isn't against the law to be young, is it? <laughs> well, it might be. Everything else in this town seems to be against the law. 
Gee, just get a look at what Officer Riley handed me. Hmm. Looks like you had the book thrown at you. Yeah. I'm a regular one-woman murder incorporated all by myself. Um, Mr. Rockford, I need advice and I need it bad. Well, I'd suggest you pay the fine. Well, I don't need it that bad. Look, do you tell all your clients to go ahead and pay the fines without fighting the case? You don't understand, Miss Revere. Oh, I think I do. You don't want to defend me because I can't pay you. Well, that's not true. It's, uh, well, my hands are tied. But your tongue ain't. You could tell that Judge Murdoch where to get off of those screwball laws. I don't want to go to jail and be a marked woman for life. you got to do something, Mr. Rockford. I'm afraid I can't. You broke city ordinances, laws that are on the books. But they don't make sense. What's so terrible about parking a couple of suitcases on the sidewalk? Well, it's still the law, and the local constabulary enforces that and other archaic ordinances whenever the city treasury gets too low. But why pick on a poor schnook like me? Gosh, what am I going to do? I wish I could think of something. Come in. Hi, Pete. Hi, Maisie. Just call me public enemy number one, Johnny. Uh Uh-oh. Can't do anything, huh, Pete? Oh, I don't think we can expect any mercy from Judge Murdoch. Oh, see, that's an angle. Angle? Yeah. After all, I'm a woman. Oh, Murdoch is about 60. Oh, too late, huh? If I had the 50 bucks, Miss Revere, your problem would be solved. Well, thanks, Pete. You're real sweet. But, but strangely enough, it's not me I'm concerned about. It's you folks in this town. How can you enjoy life here? Who enjoys it? Fine town against the law to talk loud. Against the law to kiss a girl in public. Against you the law to take... You can't even a... kiss a girl in public either? No. passed after the War of 1812, just before the soldiers came home. If you can't kiss a girl, it's a wonder the soldiers wanted to come home. Yeah, yeah. Say, the newspaper should be interested in giving a lot of space to fighting a law like that. People are always interested in kissing. Hmm, I know I would be. If they made it less expensive. Well, uh, it might help to bring to light uh, the other ridiculous outmoded bylaws if a case like that was actually brought to court and fought. Well, it shouldn't be too hard to find two people in town that wouldn't mind kissing each other in public. You mean a man and a woman? That's the law, Sonny, of nature. And believe me, that's one law that makes sense. Yeah, but who'll we get? Folks in this town don't care much for that kind of publicity. Oh. What about you, Johnny? You've got a girl, haven't you? Yeah, I got a girl, but kissing her is out. We're not married yet. Oh. How about you, Pete? Me? Yeah, why not? You're tall and handsome, curly black hair, and the cutest dimple. Oh, shucks. You mean you think there's a girl who'd want to kiss me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could be, honey. Could be. Yeah, what do you say, Pete? Are you willing to play the party of the first part? Why, I guess so, but I'll need a girl to kiss. (laughs) Who, uh, who we ask? Oh, Petey, I don't have anything special to do right now. Oh, Maisie, no use sending you to shop around. You couldn't know any of the girls in town. No, I couldn't, could I? Mm, let's see now. There's Rita Howard. Yeah, the fellas all say that she's, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm, she's got those protruding teeth and every other one is missing. Yeah. Kissing her is like kissing a picket fence. Well, I got all my teeth. Uh, say, Johnny, uh... That Charlotte Phillips isn't a bad-looking dish. Yeah, but her brother is six feet eight. I ain't got a brother. We need a girl who doesn't talk much, don't we, Maisie? Yep. Let's see, now, who can we get? Don't ask me, chum. I gave up long ago. Say, I've got it. Yeah? Who? Maisie. Me? Oh, that's a wonderful idea. How did you ever think of it? Swell, then it's set. <laughs> 
I don't know. Well, here we go again. Why not? Yeah, why can't you kiss Maisie? Yeah, why not? Well, you're hiring me as your lawyer. You're my boss. Well, what do you want, a raise? No, it's just that, well, business and romance don't go together. No? Have you ever been a private secretary? Well, let's see. If we're going to get ourselves arrested for kissing in a public place, we've got to pick out one that's real public. Well, then let's go to the park. But, Maisie, a cop only goes through the park every two hours. Good, then we'll have lots of time to practice. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. Peter, it's beautiful here in the park. The full moon shining and everything covered with snow. It sure is romantic. Pete, I said it certainly is romantic. Pete, I'm talking to you. Take off your earmuffs. Okay. There. Good. <laughs> See, it sure is romantic here, Peter. Well, say something. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful, darling. Sheer poetry. I'm sorry, Maisie, but I'm cold. Well, it'll get warmer, son, much warmer. Johnny, you go find a cop. I'd rather stay here and watch. I got a lot to learn. You ain't the only one. Go find us a nice cop, Johnny. Okay, I'll I'll warn you when he's coming. I'll whistle like this, Pete. And if everything's all right, you whistle back. If everything's all right, he won't be able to whistle back. Hmm? Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) I keep forgetting. (laughs) Well, I'll go smell out a cop. Yeah, don't be long, Johnny. Now, look, Peter... We gotta make this kissing business look like the real thing if we want the cop to arrest us. You know, first we gotta get in the mood. Look, Maisie, we're just doing this thing for the people. Well, I'm people, and I like a little preliminaries before the main event. Okay, okay. What do you want me to do? Well, suppose you stop flapping your arms around yourself and flap them around me. But, Maisie, I'm just flapping my arms to keep my blood circulating. What blood? Take me in your arms, Pete. Okay. There. Satisfied? Yeah. Thrilled. Now what? Let's talk. About what? About the situation in Indochina, that's what. Oh, well, according to the latest reports, Indochina expects its government to... Oh, shut up already. I thought you wanted me to talk. Yeah, but about something of mutual interest. Me. Oh, what shall I say? Oh, anything that pops into your mind, like, uh... Maisie, you're beautiful, adorable, and stuff like that. Okay. Maisie, you're beautiful, adorable. Yeah, go on. Stuff like that. Oh, fine. Maisie, I... I mean it. You are beautiful, adorable. Oh, well, go on, Pete. Go on. Hey, kids, a cop. Which way is he looking? The other way. Well, don't bother him. He's probably tired. He's looking this way now. You'd better kiss her, Pete. Oh, you heard what the fella said, Peter. Yes, Maisie, come closer. Pete, 
That took my breath away. Say, what's coming off here? My lipstick, officer. This man kissed me. Oh, he did. Well, how do you like that? Very much. Me too. Well, officer, what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? Yeah, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to congratulate you. She's a very pretty girl. Oh, do you really think so, officer? Uh, I mean, uh, what about the law? The law? What law? Pete, kiss me again. That law. Oh, you mean Statute 34529, Section B is amended, whereby it shall be deemed unlawful for two persons of opposite sexes to kiss, embrace, or give undue evidence of affection on the streets, in the parks, or any public place of gathering? Yeah, that's it. I don't believe in it. You don't? Well, don't you? But you gotta believe in it. Who says I do? I do. So do I. Yeah, you better arrest them, officer, before I call a cop. You keep out of this, fathead. <gasps> don't you dare call him a fathead, you... You, fathead? Now, careful, miss, or I'll haul you in and fine you ten dollars for contempt of an officer. Ten dollars? Well, I got more contempt for you than that. Oh, well, that cuts it. I'm taking you in. Come on. Take your hands off her, officer. Oh, a wise guy, eh? Oh, just a couple of law-abiding citizens. Who insist on the protection promised us in the Constitution to be arrested for kissing. Yeah. Okay. I'm arresting you for kissing. Oh, at last. At last. Also for creating a disturbance, being a public nuisance, holding a public meeting after curfew hours, inciting a riot, and uh, but, walking on the grass. Walking on the grass? But it's covered with six inches of snow. Yeah, but under the snow is grass, and you're walking on it. Come on, both of you. Oh, Pete, we should have quit when we were ahead. <laughs> You only got two minutes to talk to her. Thanks, Mr. Jailer. Oh, hello, Peter. Are you free already? Look, Maisie, they they only gave me two minutes. Well, that ain't much of a sentence. I'll probably get two years. I mean two minutes to talk to you, so I'll have to talk fast. Oh, yeah. Uh, our case comes up this afternoon before mm-hmm. tough old Judge Murdoch. And I think we can beat the rap if you do exactly as I tell you. Oh, sure, Peter. What do you want me to do? Now, let me handle the whole thing. You know absolutely nothing. Well, you ain't kidding, mister. And today I proved it. I mean, when we come before the judge. Let me do all the talking. Uh, time's up, folks. Okay, now remember, Maisie, not a word from you. I'll remember. Song, Pete. And when we come to trial, you won't be sore at me because I got you into this mess, will you? You won't sell me down the river. Maisie, I'll be hanged if I will. With that judge, that's possible, too. <laughs> got another visitor, Miss Revere. You want to see him? Miss Revere, I said, do you want to see him? Why don't you answer? My lawyer said I'm not supposed to talk. It's me, Maisie. Oh, (laughs) come in, Johnny. Thanks. And leave the jail door open, guard. It's stuffy in here. Oh, sure, miss. Anything you say. Oh, no, you don't. Two minutes, sonny. Two, uh, okay. Gee, it's nice of you to come and talk to me, Johnny. Oh, I'm tired of asking myself why I got into this mess. I got such stupid answers. Oh, don't take it too hard, Maisie. After all, stone walls do not a prison make. No? Well, you could have fooled me. Gee, this is an awful mess you're in, Maisie. Yeah. What are you going to do? Five years, ten years, it all depends on Peter. Oh. And whether the judge can be made to realize how stupid those outmoded laws are. Oh, stupid is right. Yeah. I've been reading up on some of the other laws, and they got some real comical ones. 
Yeah? Yeah. Faye, did you know that this town still has a law in the books mm -hmm. that goes back to the Civil War? Nah. Yeah. It says, quote, No resident of this township shall harbor or give refuge to a southerner on penalty of life imprisonment or death. Unquote. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen yeah. if they tried to enforce that law today? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Johnny, that's it, maybe. I said something? Could be. Johnny, hmm. this Judge Murdoch, is he an old 60 or a young 60? Well, I've noticed him eyeing the local bells on Windy Corners, but I never heard of the old guy making an actual pass. Oh, then he's still susceptible. Look, Johnny, hmm. my little plan might not be as legal as Pete's, but it stands a better chance of working. Uh, Johnny, you're my friend, aren't you? Till the end. Well, what I want you to do may land you in jail. That's the end. So long. No, Johnny, you gotta do it. Well, now listen. After I track the judge, I want you to... Session. His Honor Judge Elias J. Murdoch presiding. Peter, I gotta tell you something. Now, Maisie, and remember, don't say anything. Leave it all to me. But, Pete, I found a law passed during the Civil War that was. No talking amongst the defendants. Oh. What's the first case, Clerk? City of Cornwall versus Peter Rockford and Maisie Revere. Uh, here are all the charges, Your Honor. Hmm, quite a few ordinances broken. About $300 worth, I figure. Nice work, Officer Jenkins. Thanks, Uncle Elias. Peter, Quiet, I want... Maisie, I'll handle everything. Your Honor, I can explain the charges listed in the complaint. The whole thing was a result of our unified efforts to make a test case of that ridiculous kissing in public law so that all the outmoded city statutes still in existence would be repealed. Oh, you did, eh? Miss Revere, do you have any testimony to give this court before I find you both guilty? I have... Your Honor, uh... What I'm telling you is the truth. Miss Revere can bear me out. Oh, she can, huh? Miss Revere, you know the charges brought against you. Tell me, are you innocent? Uh, well, not entirely, Judge Honey. I know a little about the birdies and bees. Yes, and I insist. Uh, Maisie, what's come over you? You're, uh, <clears throat> you're from the South, Miss Revere? <laughs> I sure am, Judge Sugar. <laughs> I'm just a little old Dixie way down yonder in little old New Orleans. Quiet. <laughs> Tell me, honey child. I mean, uh, Miss Revere. Uh -huh. What is this man to you? Him? Why, Your Honor, till he came over to me in the park and tried to kiss me, I declare I never saw him before in my whole life. What? Maisie. Frankly, I couldn't blame him for getting flirty with me, Judge, honey. I guess all you young men are alike. Young? Yes. Well, no, no. I'm not that young, sugar. I mean, girly. Amazing. This has gone too far. I've heard enough. So have I. Peter Rockford, I find you guilty of molesting this innocent girl in the public park. Oh, fine. Yes, $200. And six months in jail. Take him away, officer. Come on, chump. Maisie, I'll, I'll, I'll get you for this. Oh, did you hear that, Eli, honey? I'm scared. Powerful, sure enough, scared. Now, don't you worry, Missy. You'll be perfectly safe with that young masher behind the bars. Well, I know, Judge, you watch it, but I, I've still got about an hour till my silly old train leaves, and I'm, I'm scared being all alone in your city. Mm -hmm. Is there a place where poor, helpless, but awful friendly little gal like myself can sort of kill a little time till my train comes in? Yeah. Well, uh... My house is just down the street, if you'd like to uh, 
Well, spend your last hour in town with me. Oh, will you all handsome? Coax me. Well... You talk me into it. Shall we go? You know, Eli, honey, it sure has been pleasant sitting with you here on this, uh... Uh, you pardon expression, love scene. <laughs> yes, my dear. But you still seem to be afraid of, well, something. Mm-hmm. You keep looking out the window as if you were expecting somebody. Oh, well, that's just false to have it, sugar. When I lived on my grandpappy's plantation, I always used to look out the window at, uh, at the tobacco trees. Tobacco trees? Well, where I come from, the tobacco grows real tall. Oh, come in, Johnny. Say, how do you know who's out there? Uh, uh, just took a while, Gayet. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. Well, well, I find you two together just as I thought. Why, Judge, honey, what does this perfect stranger mean by that? Yes, young man, do you realize you're breaking the law by bursting in here? On the contrary, Judge Murdoch, it is you who are breaking the law. Yes, I mean, yes. Breaking the law? What law? A certain statute passed in 1863 whereby it is unlawful to give refuge or harbor a southerner of which this young lady is undoubtedly of. Me a southerner, you all? Why, that all's ridiculous, all, ain't it all, Judge All? But, but that law is outmoded. Well, they, they just forgot to repeal it. However, it is still a law punishable by life imprisonment, death, or both. <gasps> oh. oh, we got to do something a lot, honey. If I get my... Self-involved in a scandal like this, what will my family in Atlanta think? Atlanta? I thought you came from New Orleans. Oh, well, we move around a lot. (laughs) Young man, couldn't we all come to some kind of agreement to hush this disgraceful thing up? Yes, yes, I'll do anything. Oh, you will? Good. Then maybe you all will forget about those other silly, out-of-date laws like kissing in public and free anybody under arrest for violating same, like that um, Peter Rockford man. Uh, all right. Uh-huh. I agree to the terms. Mm. Rockford will go free, and I'll see to it that those stupid laws are repealed. Oh, good. Uh, good. Uh, oh, Judge, I insist that you put this verbal agreement in writing. Here it is, already drawn up. Well, you were pretty sure of yourself, weren't you, young man? Yeah, honey, we sure were. What? Ah, uh, I mean, we sure were cozy in here until this strange interrupted us. Hmm. Uh, sign the paper, Judge, honey. So we're all gonna be alone again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> alone. Sure. There. Satisfied now? Uh huh. Now, Johnny. Go get Pete out of the clink. Yes, go get Pete. Hey, you just lost your southern accent. Did I? Well, it may be a little late, drool boy, but I just decided to join the union. Just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie.
once again, here's Macy. Well, that little caper wound up on the plus side for humanity. Me and my sample cases are on our merry way into the light blue yonder. I sure hated to say goodbye to Johnny, especially Peter. After all, something might have come from our mutual attraction. The struggling young lawyer and me did have something in common. We both were broke. Well, little Maisie will just struggle along until Mr. Wright comes along. Yes, sirree, brother. When I finally put my finger in a wedding ring, I'm going to make real sure I ain't putting my foot in it, too. Well, get going, Steve, and be careful. You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. <laughs> Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Sidney Miller, Louis Jean Heights, Earl Ross, Peter Leeds, Frank Nelson, and James Eagle. Jack McCoy speaking. And that's this week's Mutual Presents feature. The Mutual Audio Network brings the best of old-time radio and modern audio theater to the world. Be sure to subscribe through the Mutual Audio Network podcast feed, any of our podcast days, or the Mutual YouTube channel, which includes MadCon and many other extra features and shows. See you all next time at Mutual Presents. Good night. This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.